Hello, Pokeminders! And welcome to our weekly Pokepod, where we discuss everything related to mental well being as well as our journey as a startup. I'm your host, Yusuf. And I'm your host, Sarah. And today, we're gonna poke some minds. Hello, Pokeminders! Welcome to the Pokepod. I'm your host, Katya. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just as I promised in my last episode, I'd like to talk a bit more psychology today with a focus on personality traits. In my very first episode, I mentioned that I enjoy saying that someone can just be an asshole without being a narcissist, or someone can be emotional without having a borderline personality disorder. To give you an extremely brief summary, personality disorders are mental health conditions characterized by enduring and inflexible patterns of behavior, cognition, and inner experience that deviate significantly from societal norms and cause distress or impairment in a person's life. These patterns affect how individuals perceive themselves, relate to others, and function in various aspects of their lives such as work and relationships. The emphasis lies on deviate significantly, and each personality disorder consists of different criteria where a certain amount of them must be fulfilled to meet the criteria for a diagnosis. And this actually applies to any psychological or psychiatric diagnosis. So what is personality then? Within clinical psychology, The term personality refers to a complex and enduring pattern of thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and interpersonal interactions that characterizes an individual's unique way of being and responding to the world. Personality includes a person's consistent traits, tendencies, and psychological attributes which collectively shape their identity and influence how they interact with others and navigate life's challenges. So obviously, there are similarities in the description, but the devil lies in the detail. To be able to assess this deviation, professionals use the DSM-5 or ICD-11, which are the diagnostic manuals used to assess and diagnose someone. From a psychological perspective, personality is often studied and understood through various theories and models. And I will give you a short summary of the most well-known ones. The psychodynamic perspective. This approach, developed by Sigmund Freud and expanded upon by other psychoanalysts, emphasizes the role of unconscious conflicts and early childhood experiences in shaping personality. It highlights concepts such as the id, ego and superego, as well as defense mechanisms to explain how personality develops. The behavioral perspective. This perspective focuses on observable behaviors and how they are learned and reinforced over time. It emphasizes the impact of the environment and conditioning on personal development with an emphasis on the role of rewards and punishments. The cognitive perspective. 
This perspective explores how an individual's thoughts, beliefs and cognitive processes contribute to their personality. Cognitive factors such as self-esteem, self-concept and cognitive biases play a significant role in this approach. The humanistic perspective. This perspective, supported by psychologists like Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow, emphasizes the inner goodness and potential for growth within individuals. It focuses on self-actualization and the importance of self-concept and self-esteem in shaping personality. The social-cognitive perspective. This perspective considers the reciprocal interaction between personal factors and social influences. It emphasizes how individuals learn from observing and interacting with others, shaping their personality through social experiences. And the trait perspective, which is the one we will be focusing on today. Trait theories of personality, like the big five personality traits, which include openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness and neuroticism, identify stable and enduring characteristics that describe an individual's personality. These traits are thought to exist on a continuum with each person falling somewhere along each trait dimension. Next to the big five, some models even include a sixth personality trait, which is called risk and competition seeking. The big five personality traits provide a valuable framework for understanding and studying individual differences in personality. It's a widely accepted and studied framework for understanding and categorizing personality traits. Researchers and psychologists use these traits to explore how personality influences behavior, relationships, career choices, and overall life satisfaction. Additionally, they are commonly used in various fields, including psychology, business, and education, to assess and predict human behavior and preferences. These traits represent five major dimensions of personality that capture a broad range of human personality characteristics. I will give an explanation of each of the big five traits and name a few positive and negative aspects that come within each trait. Like I mentioned before, and I cannot stress it enough, it's important to remember that personality traits exist on a continuum and having a certain level of each trait can be both advantages and disadvantages, depending on the context and individual preferences. Additionally, the presence of other personality traits can interact with each other, influencing how these traits manifest in an individual's behavior and personality. Some aspects also overlap with each other. I will talk about each trait describing a high or low score, which means that a person shows a lot or less of each trait and what that can mean. So let's look at each one separately. We start with openness. This trait reflects a person's willingness to engage with novel ideas, experiences and unconventional thinking. Individuals high in openness tend to be curious, imaginative and open to new perspectives. 
They enjoy exploring different viewpoints, trying new activities and embracing creativity. Those low in openness may prefer routine, tradition and familiar concepts. People that have a high score regarding openness might be creative, curious, flexible and can easily adapt to new situations and environments. They appreciate art and culture and tend to be open-minded. They also might be overwhelmed by too many things to choose from, might engage in risk-taking behavior, might have difficulties with routine, lack practicality, and might have a harder time fitting into more conservative social groups, leading to isolation or discomfort. People with a low score might be more practical and better at detail-oriented tasks, tend to have less mood swings or less intense emotional reactions. They tend to be reliable and better suited for work that require to be able to follow established rules and traditions and feel more comfortable with routines. On the other hand, they might be more resistant to change, are less willing to consider alternatives, are less inclined to try out new things and might feel more overwhelmed when faced with unfamiliar situations. Conscientiousness This trait pertains to an individual's degree of organization, responsibility and self-discipline. People with a high score are generally reliable, organized and goal-oriented. They are diligent in their work, pay attention to details and tend to be dependable. Conversely, those low in conscientiousness may be more spontaneous, disorganized and less focused on planning and structure. People that have a high score might be more reliable, dependable and tend to be more organized and good at planning ahead. They might have strong self-discipline and are able to resist temptations and distractions. They often have a strong work ethic and are achievement-oriented. On the other hand, Those people can also lose themselves in perfectionism, causing stress and anxiety. Workaholics often score high on conscientiousness. They might be less adaptable in unexpected situations and can be downright rigid in their thinking. They might also be overly critical towards themselves and others. People with a low score on conscientiousness might be more spontaneous, flexible and open-minded. It can also mean that they thrive in less structured or high-pressure environments. On the other hand, a low score could implicate difficulties regarding organization, procrastination, impulsivity and being unreliable. Let's talk about extraversion. Extraversion measures the extent to which a person is outgoing, social and energetic. Extroverted individuals are typically sociable, talkative and enthusiastic in social situations. They often seek out the company of others, enjoy group activities and thrive in social settings. Introverted individuals, on the other hand, are more reserved, reflective and prefer solitude or smaller gatherings. People with a high score are usually more outgoing and enjoy interacting with others. They tend to be more enthusiastic, bringing excitement and positivity to social activities. 
They also might be more confident and assertive in social interactions, and tend to have a strong social network. They might even be more adventurous. People with a higher score might also be prone to talk excessively, might be more impulsive and attention-seeking. They might also have a more difficult time being alone or being in introspective settings, which can lead to restlessness and boredom. People with a low score, or better said, introverted persons, might be more independent and self-reliant. They tend to be more thoughtful and reflective, which can be helpful to develop deep and meaningful connections. They tend to be good listeners and value a peaceful and harmonious environment. On the other hand, those people might experience social isolation or loneliness. They are prone to social anxiety and might have a harder time networking. They tend to overanalyze situations and dwell on negative thoughts, leading to stress and worry. They might also miss out on social opportunities and experiences due to their preference to quieter settings or solitude. Next up is agreeableness. Agreeableness reflects a person's level of empathy, cooperation and kindness towards others. Individuals high in agreeableness are typically warm, compassionate and considerate. They value harmonious relationships, are empathetic and willing to compromise. People low in agreeableness may be more competitive, skeptical and less concerned with maintaining interpersonal harmony. So people with a high score on agreeableness tend to be more compassionate, are usually easy to work with and want to help others and tend to be altruistic. They are usually patient and understanding, even in challenging situations, and are skilled in communication and conflict resolution. On the other hand, they might also be overly submissive, trying to avoid confrontation and fail to assert themselves or stand up for their needs. People with a high score on agreeableness might also be more gullible, which means that they might be more susceptible to manipulation or deception of others, which could lead to exploitation. They might even have a harder time saying no, and again standing up for themselves, which renders a higher risk for burnout. There's a general risk of neglecting their own needs in favor to accommodate others and avoid conflicts, which can result in personal dissatisfaction and other unaddressed problems in relationships. People with a low score tend to be more assertive, advocate for their own interests and have an easier time setting boundaries. They tend to be more self-reliant and less dependent on the validation of others. They might be critical thinkers, which can be valuable for decision-making or problem-solving. They might also be good at providing honest and objective feedback, even in tricky situations. On the other hand, a low score could also mean that a person lacks empathy, struggles to care about the emotions and needs of others, and might be viewed as egoistic. They tend to provoke more conflicts and might have difficulties collaborating with others. An extreme lack of agreeableness might lead to social isolation due to interpersonal conflicts. The fifth one is neuroticism. 
neuroticism measures emotional stability and resilience in the face of stress and adversity. High neuroticism is associated with heightened emotional reactivity, anxiety and mood swings. Individuals with low neuroticism tend to be more emotionally stable, calm and better at managing stress. People with a high score might have a better understanding of other people's emotions, can be more empathetic, might be more hardworking and might experience emotions more deeply. They tend to be more vigilant and attentive to potential threats and risks and are often willing to work on themselves and their emotional well-being. On the other hand, they tend to be more prone towards anxiety, depression and anger, are less resilient to stress and might tend towards mood swings. I can easily imagine that uh, people that describe themselves as a high sensitive person could probably score high on this personality trait. People with a low score usually show better resilience towards stress, tend to be emotionally stable and tend to be effective problem solvers with strong relationships. On the other hand, they might also be more prone to risk-taking behavior, lack motivation to address important issues or challenges and tend to lack empathy. Let's also talk about risk and competition-seeking as a personality trait. The concept of a sixth personality trait related to risk-taking and competition-seeking isn't as universally acknowledged or established as the big five personality traits. Nonetheless, I wanted to bring it up because it plays a role in some personality assessments. This trait can shed light on individuals' inclination towards adventurousness, ambition and competitiveness. In other words, it reflects how open someone is to taking risks, their drive to achieve their goals and their tendency for engaging in competitive endeavors offering insights into their willingness to embrace such experiences. People that have a high score might be highly ambitious and driven to achieve their goals and often push themselves beyond their comfort zones. They're usually adventurous and more likely to venture into entrepreneurial endeavors and take calculated risks to pursue innovative opportunities. A high score might also indicate more resilience when faced with failures and setbacks and the ability to thrive in competitive environments. On the other hand, a high score might also indicate overconfidence and a tendency towards impulsive decisions, disregarding negative long-term consequences over short-term rewards. The frequent engagement in high-risk activities might lead to more stress and anxiety in the long run. People with a low score tend to be less competition-seeking and are usually more thoughtful in their decision-making, which can lead to safer choices. They prefer a stable and predictable environment, which can contribute to an overall sense of security for themselves and their surroundings. They tend to be good at long-term planning and are less likely to suffer financial losses. On the other hand, a low score could also mean a lack of ambition, resistance to change and missing out on rewarding opportunities due to the reluctance to take even calculated risks. None of these traits are binary. They exist on a continuum, 
meaning individuals can fall anywhere along each dimension. In general, personality traits are relatively stable over time, but they can still be influenced by various factors, including life experiences and personal development. Depending on where on the spectrum you land, you will have strengths and weaknesses related to these traits. Some things will be harder for you than for the next person and vice versa. If you are an introvert, then public speaking or meeting new people will not come as easy to you as to an extrovert. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn to do those things. They just probably might never feel as natural or comfortable to you as to another person. And it's important to note that this is neither good or bad. It's merely a fact that hopefully helps you to navigate your strengths and weaknesses and not beat yourself up if some things are harder for you than for someone else. On the contrary, I would say it's even more admirable if you challenge yourself. Some of you may even have observed that certain traits are not only associated with personality disorders like borderline or narcissism, but also resonate with diagnoses such as ADHD or autism spectrum disorders. Aspects such as talking excessively, being disorganized or having a strong need for routines can be aspects of your personality without necessarily meeting the criteria for a diagnosis. All of these positive and negative aspects for each personality trait are context-dependent, interact with each other and are very complex, which means that each trait can vary on its own depending on all of these factors. So please keep that in mind. Long story short, the message I like to convey is that one's personality is a very complex construct. And rather than trying to press yourself and others into diagnoses, I'd like you to celebrate your individuality. So please be compassionate with yourself and towards others. Let's give each other some room to be different. Personality and personality traits is an extremely vast and complex topic and could be talked about for hours on end. But for today, I think I've talked more than enough. But you're always welcome to write to team at pokerman.com if you have questions. In the next episode, I'd like to talk more about personality disorders and hopefully highlight the difference between personality and personality disorder some more. Thank you so much for listening and I hope I poked some minds today. See ya!